Hi friends, it's Emma here from Sunshine Lane, welcoming you to another episode of Coffee and Sunshine. In each episode of the podcast, we get to meet inspiring individuals who have navigated challenges, chased dreams and are discovering what truly brings them joy. Whether it's building fulfilling relationships, pursuing a passion project or finding peace within themselves, our guests share their personal journeys, actionable tips and hard-earned wisdom. There's so much to learn from everyday people navigating life's challenges. So let's find real life inspiration and explore hidden pathways to happiness one conversation at a time. Today we have a super special guest, which is my lovely Rebecca from Rebel Jones. Hi guys. Very excited to have you on the podcast and have a good old chat, which one I will probably have no problem with. Very true. So if you don't know, Becca runs Rebel Chains, which is a gorgeous small business selling beautiful stationery, all kind of kawaii inspired. Very, very You should go over and check her out. I'll link her in the show notes, but I'm sure most of you are already know. And actually, when I asked new people wanted to see on the podcast, you were on the list? No, I was not. You're a request. Oh my gosh, what the yeah. frick? Thank you, Emma. There you go. Thank yeah. Got to tell you that. Whoever said that said me. Thank you so much. I think it was more than one. Oh my gosh, what? Do you know what yeah. this was said when I on another podcast that I did and I was just like, it just doesn't that just mind blows me. That might mind- people want to hear from you, so good job I got some questions. I love it. Yeah. Go ahead. So you run Rebel Jones now. Yes. Love it. But it wasn't your original doll, I believe. No. <laughs> Because you all throw saints. Yeah. I wanted to be like Miley Cyrus, Hannah Montana. I wanted... So where did that start? Like, did you start singing really young? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So my dad can't sing at all. So it doesn't come <laughs> from his side. He thinks he can, but he can't. Uh, my mum, my auntie, brought me up with musical theatre. So every Christmas, every birthday, we'd be around my nan's or we'd be around mine and we would get the karaoke out and it would be always, we'd always sing Gravity from Wicked, um, Dream to Dream, Les Mis. Uh, Like we had our songs that we'd always sing. And then I think I was around four years old and the first song I got taught was Castle on a Cloud from Les Mis. And yeah, every every time, every family event, I'd get my... Do you remember when you were younger and you used to have like the little stool that you used to stand on to brush your teeth? <laughs> yeah, so I would bring that down from the bathroom, put it in the living room, tell everyone to shut up, but obviously in a nice way. Um, <laughs> and that's what I would sing. So it's always, obviously, always been in me. And I love, I love, love, love singing. I definitely don't do it enough anymore. Um, but yeah, that's that was my goal. That was... That I wanted to be a famous singer. I wanted to be a pop star. That's I wanted everyone to be shouting my name. I wanted everyone to be coming up to me in the street. Mm-hmm. That was like the aim. So yeah, that's what I worked on. I did a lot of stage coach, stage. There was a local thing called Stage Factor. I did so many. This is so funny. I did so many like local music competitions and like as yeah and as part of it you had to get try and get yourself in the local newspaper so my dad got like a huge file (laughs) of like pictures of me in the local newspaper trying to I know trying to get votes and um, it's like a typical story when you used to watch the x factor and like kids would be on there and they talk about how they would do the local competitions and stuff it's so funny actually because I also used to write my family watching sing and dance and as I grew up, mainly 
but also singing, but not singing like you. Yeah, my grandma would always say to me, I keep wanting you to come up on the truck ride. And I was like, I'm not going to. But I, I found recently a little program that me and my cousin had made. And we drew out all the programs for a little show that we were putting on for our parents. No. And we made them play 23. <laughs> Shut up. Oh my God, that is brilliant. And it was a business woman back then. I love that. And this is the thing, isn't it? Like we're, we're so creative, artistic and like creative people. Mm-hmm. Usually, you know, they are either singing, musical, you know, or like acting, dancing, or they're the crafty ones and the, you know, illustrating and design and it all stems from like the same kind of like place and space, doesn't it? So yeah, no, I'm a big musical theatre fan, and I, when I used to shows as a kid, I would always think, "Wish I could do that when I was older." You know what? I sometimes I I still get like a little bit of me that's just like, "Should I go on the Voice?" Like there's sometimes mm-hmm. like that little like in my head going, but obviously the X Factor scenario totally changed that for me so mm-hmm. yeah so i i auditioned for x factor when i was in christ what on earth in? i auditioned for it in 2013 for the first time mm-hmm. so how old have you been then I didn't even get through to the, I got through the first three, mm-hmm. but I didn't get through to the judges. But <laughs> luckily I met my best friend, Michelle from Canada, but because she's half Irish, she was able to come mm-hmm. over to the UK and audition for X Factor. Oh. And I got to meet her and now she's, you know, she's going to be a bridesmaid of mine at my wedding. And so that was like the, a good thing that happened from, Ooh, from that one. Yeah, she, and she has put me in some incredible positions. She, because she did, she's some with like Lady Gaga, basically. Lady Gaga wow. brought her up on stage many years ago, sung with her. She then got signed with Sony Music. She then flew. Oh no, Tom and I then went out to Canada to see her. Mm. Um, she was signed with Sony, so we she she got me to a red carpet event, and she took me to see Dolly Parton live. Wow! Yeah, it was like she's she's given me some incredible things like she flew mm. me and then a couple of years later she flew me out to Canada because she was doing oh a God. music competition and we got we got a hotel for free we got all our drinks and food for free like it was a surreal experience mm. um so yeah obviously I met her the first time around which was amazing but I didn't get through and then I went again the next year and I think it was my second audition in front of yeah like the producers mm-hmm. and i i believe i sung jolene by dolly cool. parton yeah. on the guitar i played the guitar as well um and they 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 just i felt something different like they treated mm. me so differently than before they mm. uh, after that second audition they took me out and they took me straight to the third and usually that doesn't mm. happen. You have to sit there and wait for your name to be called. Mm. So they took me straight to the third and they loved me or whatever. And then I had to have an interview and they were trying their best to 
get some sad story from me. Right. But I don't like growing up. Yes, my mum and dad are divorced, but they're like best friends. Mm. I wouldn't go that far, but they're really good friends. Yeah. They, they, I've never had to deal with that kind of stuff. Like I've had a really nice childhood, got spoiled rotten. Like that, that was me. Like I was, I was fine. I think, I, I think the only thing I could have said was that a few years previous, my great, great auntie Gwen passed away and, oh, she was incredible, mm-hmm. an amazing person. And her favorite song was Moon River by Andy Williams. Mm-hmm. And she, asked because she was 93 when she passed away and she asked to have that song to be played while she was mm. passing away because it was her favorite song mm. and that's the only story I was able to tell them that yeah that was quite sad like I couldn't sit there and cry because I was like over it does that make sense like you know I yeah. grieved years and years like years ago news previous so it was a very weird scenario yeah. anyway we obviously I got the call that from that I have now my own producer that will sort me out and you're going to see the judges um mm-hmm. so the first one was in Manchester effort we got there at 8 a.m in the morning mm-hmm. on the 17th of June 2014 mm-hmm. it would have been or 2013 maybe something like that mm-hmm. uh, and yeah we straight away they're picking me and my family up we are outside doing b-rolls like they're you know shooting us from different angles Mm. we have to walk down and I was like okay this is different like yeah they're choosing me to do these things this is obviously something's weird here um (laughs) and yeah but however I got my audition in front of the judges Mm -hmm. at half 11 at night (gasps) so I we were there from 8 a.m to 11 30 p.m and then you've got a perform and you shuffle. Yeah. So we did, but during, obviously, my dad likes, so my dad, even though he can't sing, he likes to be in the limelight as well. So mm-hmm. he did his own, not in front of the judges, just on camera, mm-hmm. did his own like rap and had a great time doing it. So we did a lot of filming for Extra Factor instead of X Factor. So right. remember that little like thing on that they would yeah. do on the side. So we did a lot for that. Anyway, I came back from I did my I did Jolene again for them, and I think Simon Simon Cal said yes, Cheryl said yes, Louis said yes, Mel B said no. <clears throat> Obviously, I got through. Yeah. So then I go to the extra factor woman and we're celebrating. And literally, I'm not kidding you. We camp. We did a countdown to my birthday. I celebrated my 18th birthday, like. Uh, on x factor kind of thing oh my God. yeah it was so bizarre um and then it moved on to the next round <coughs> uh, and then that's when it went all a bit sad and horrible because mm-hmm. i got a phone call as i was on holiday i gave them three choices of songs girls just want to have fun cindy lauper mm-hmm. uh, andy williams moon river because they wanted mm-hmm. that i think they wanted that to be part of it and i think it was an, an aretha franklin song i believe mm-hmm. i have no idea why i chose those no idea I would not choose them now but yeah they said they told me that girls just want to have fun is Simon Cowell's favorite song and you should sing that and I was like I'm in like I'm just a random favorite song I'm gonna smash this out the park so we get to London then for the O2 arena and this is when you perform in front of like think 3,000 people Mm. and we got there and I noticed that my producer would not come near me he wouldn't right. and I was like something's wrong 
I, you know, when you just know, like they yeah. treated me differently. I had a few times where they recorded me, but nowhere near as much as the last one. And right. they also, my, my audition was a lot quicker this time. Okay. So I walked on stage at the age of 17 and in front of 3,000 3, people and I, they play my song and I start to sing and 20 seconds in, Simon Calder's the famous, you know, hand up, stops yeah. the song and says, I absolutely hate this song. Don't know why you've chosen it. Oh my God, I want to <laughs> And I was just like, so in my head, I was like, oh my gosh. They've done that to me. Like they've set yes, me up. Up. Yeah. And I was like, those people that you watch on there, that's what they've done to me. And I was like, oh no, the next song that's on my list is the Moon River song. And he was like, have you got another song? And I said, uh, yeah, I can sing Moon River, Andy Williams. And he was like, why that song? So then I had to, and because I'm already emotional at the fact that I've been set up, I then have to yeah. talk about this whole thing and I'm, I'm, I'm crying basically and he mm -hmm. stops me and goes none of that just sing the song well you are <laughs> and I was like so what was then aired on tv was not my first song my first song was not aired at all the point to me crying and explaining the song was not aired mm. and Simon Cowell saying none of that just sing was not aired all that was aired was me just singing that mm. song whilst I'm crying and then obviously I got two yeses, two noes. And I left and went, I left and just went to uni. And mm -hmm. it was a, it was a realization for me because I was like, the industry is so ugly. Yeah. And I think you have to be this certain person. And I'm not that person. Like I can't be fake. I can't not be me. Like yeah. that's just, I just can't do it. It's not in me. So I remember going to uni thinking, oh gosh, like, I'm doing three years of commercial music and this is not what I want to do anymore. Um, right. And uni also, like, once it was all aired, everyone knew me. Everyone would come up to me. Everyone would cheer my name on the bus. It was a very... So, you know, the things that I told you that I wanted yeah. when I was younger? Well, that came to life and I, I didn't like it. Um, yeah. So the only good thing that came from uni was obviously Tom. Is that where you met? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we've been in each other's pockets since day one, nine and a half years now. So, I'm at Liam. Yeah, it, it's just, oh, you just, it's because you don't expect it. Like, you go to uni yeah. to not to, like find the one, you just go to uni to well, have fun, right? But obviously, I stuck at my uni degree because I wanted to stay with Tom. And I didn't know what else to really do. I, that's, I mean, I guess that was really fun. Yeah. Like, when you were telling me that, I genuinely felt really emotional. And I just thought, it's just not fair, is it? Like, they're messing with your emotions to make good TV and they're setting you up to And you're just a Christian, really? I, yeah, well, this is the thing. Like, it upset. Because I'm quite, I can be quite a strong person. So for me, I was mm -hmm. like, okay, never mind. I'm going off to uni. Like, never mind. And to be honest, they rung me three years straight after that, trying to get me back mm -hmm. on it. And I would always say no, because mm -hmm. I was so stuck in my ways, like, you messed with me. I don't mm. want to be part of that kind of thing. Good for you. And I'm happy where I am. But I was stuck. It's like, I just, oh, trying to dig for family trauma and then you need to make you cry. But then not even share the story so you just look like some emotional woman, like, crying for no reason. Yeah, they like, to, they like to show women like that a lot of the time, don't they? So, yeah. 
um yeah it was a real eye-opener uh but I was also a bit like stuck in the sense of what do I want to do and I th- yeah it must have been really hard coming out of that without a music degree yeah it was it definitely was like okay I got up to be honest I spent most of my time with Tom like that was literally that was literally me I was so happy and so in love that Mm. I just had Tom with me like that's all I ever and I like meeting someone like him was all I've ever dreamed of so yeah it was amazing and I got to sing now and then I got to meet some friends and it was it was awesome, but I think it was when I got to the second year of uni or the third. It was one of them, and I was in this really weird band. Um, and what was weird about it? It was literally just this really small guy, bless him, who had like I think he had like small man syndrome because he was so he was so if I'm allowed to say that he was so mean to me. Like how he spoke to me was absolutely disgusting. Oh my god! Yeah, and like basically he was like he raps. He was a rapper right. and then I would do like the singing over certain choruses okay. and stuff. But he was, yeah, he didn't treat me very nicely right. and he just thought he was amazing when he really wasn't. So, mm. but I, I had to stick at it because it's part of your grade. So, mm. um, but they wanted to create a logo for the band and CD. You had to, part of the, one of the courses, part of it was creating a logo, creating like a CD cover, posters and stuff. And for some strange reason, I was like, I'll do it. Bear mm-hmm. in mind, I used to hate drawing when I was a kid. I, was, mm. I wasn't good at it, hated it. So, yeah, I don't know why I put my name forward for it, but I totally fell in love with the whole, like, design element and being so into that way. I know. And then that's when, that is literally when it all started. Mm. I think it was in the third year because I remember, gra- like, graduating from uni, being in Bath, for another year after uni before moving Mm. back to Wales and I was just drawing and I was applying for graphic design jobs Mm. which was really difficult because Mm. they wanted experience and not a degree yeah so it was just like right I'm gonna have to just start it myself and that's literally how it all how it all happened well good for you I know because yeah I think you just got to figure out your own haven't you yeah you do and to be honest this community is incredible like everyone is so supportive it's unreal you might get the odd couple of people but it's rare yeah whereas like what I would have gone into when it comes to music would have been so ugly and so mentally draining and mentally not good for me at all so yeah even though we have I have my mental breakdowns with this it's definitely probably a lot better than what it would be if I was in the music industry you know yeah, and it's different, right? Because you just want to be treated with respect as like a baseline. Yeah. You shouldn't have to deal with not being treated with respect. It feels like the more and more people you talk to who have it, that's just what the industry's like. And I'm not the sort of person who's like, oh, well, that's fine. I'll just play you at, my, at your own game. I just don't like it. No, it's, do you know what? It's a difficult one. I think. If I hadn't have met Tom, I probably mm. would have gone back. Yeah. Um, and I think this is what happens for a lot of people in the industry. You get treated like absolute crap for mm. God knows how many years. And then finally, when you are so popular and so loved and so wanted, 
that's when you mm. can start taking your power back. Yeah. But you've got so many mental health issues from that past yeah. that it's, is it really worth it? Um, yeah. And it, it, I, I don't think it is personally. No. Like, yes, they've got money in these beautiful houses. They can go wherever they want. But mentally, it's just not ideal. No. It makes me think of a car is bought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Literally. How, like, the animal gets to create what he wants to create when he's so famous that they can't tell otherwise. Exactly. And that's <laughs> exactly how it goes. And I think some people are, I give credit to the people that can do that because it takes a lot. <laughs> I'm just not that, I'm not that girl. No, but I see it as, like, maybe people don't know what else to do and don't feel like they can stand up and they know like no well yeah because i said no and look what happened i'm not famous they want to be like people are not going to yeah. say no if they want to be famous or want to mm. be known or but you know what i've realized is that like they say bad press is just press right so it's like mm-hmm. my friend michelle she's just come back from doing american idol in la and mm-hmm. That was a absolute joke, and she got messed about. But I said mm. to her, I said, the thing is, Michelle, you're on TV, or you're going to be on TV, and you just use that to your advantage now. Yeah. And you can, like, you know, if you're allowed, you can kind of tell everyone what actually happened whilst you were there. So you got to use it. So do you feel thing in your own way? Me? Like, on your terms? Yeah. I to, now Tom's moved into the second bedroom, which is now his office, which we turned into a gaming room. We've got a box room in the house, and mm-hmm. I'm planning on setting it up as like a little studio so I can get Ooh. back in there and sing again. I I did a song. I sung uh, the song that my now stepmom walked down the aisle to a few weeks mm-hmm. ago. Um, I do. I love singing. More musical theatre. The more older mm-hmm. I get, that's what I i get drawn to i do love it though i just don't do it enough i can tell that mm-hmm. my voice isn't as strong because i don't do it enough anymore mm-hmm. um but my dream would be to work full-time rebel jones mm-hmm. and then my like hobby on the side would be part of like a musical theater group now and then yeah that would be lush i can picture it in that yeah picture it i think like sometimes when there's something you love if you try and do it as a career it can suck all the fun out of it. It can, 100%. 100%. And sometimes you just have to keep things as your hobby so that you could with love them. Yeah. Um, yeah, and find the best balance of how to do stuff. Definitely. Definitely. Because you can still love singing. Yeah. I think yeah. this year has been difficult for my business, so I get how this, the fun can be sucked out of that as well, which sucks. Mm-hmm. But that's just normal. That's something that you're just going to have to deal with. Sometimes that's going to happen. Um, yeah. So I think the fun would have been sucked out of music, my music career, a mm-hmm. lot quicker and probably would never come back, you know, whereas yeah. like this would be on and off. Yeah. And, you know, you've got exciting things coming up with the business. Yes. And then it'll be like event season again. I think, yeah, I think that's, I've come to realise with my business now, focusing on the things that work Hmm. even if it's minimal that's what I'm going to focus on now and we've obviously mm-hmm. spoken a lot like about this like these things recently like with your journey and how I all I keep saying it to people I think if I was financially in a different place like 
I'd probably be begging Tom, like, have a baby, babes. Mm. But I'm not financially there. Um, mm-hmm. And I still want to be financially there to treat Tom because tr- Tom spoils me rotten. No. He's always there when I need it. Like, he's bought me my new, like, tens machine, like my the my UV for my endometriosis oh, yeah. and because I can't afford it. <laughs> and he's been able to be there to do it for me and 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 all the other things he's buying me a switch today from esme like he's just i just love him and he's just done so much for me and i know it's not about money and he always tells me that but i want to be in the position where i could be like do you want thomas on me Um, yeah so yeah i think just focusing on the things that work Mm -hmm. uh, trying new things seeing Mm -hmm. if they work that's great but like we said in our other phone calls between just us two like getting into more shops getting seen Mm. by people because like I said to you like when people see my products and feel them and see the quality like the bullet journals yeah they want them and that's when they become more and more popular so Mm -hmm. yeah I work through the store at Southwest and I know all day that when people were like that when seeing the bullet journal people were didn't even bother journals yeah. were like, yeah, I don't want one. Yeah, they were it, yeah, the quality of them is insane. Um and I'm so excited obviously to be bringing back the Dream Plan Do one next year and possibly mm-hmm. a brand new one. Um possibly. So we all want to make a living from what we do. Yeah. And I think people get very scared about saying it. Like yeah. I get scared that to say that I care about making mm-hmm. money. I want to make money. Do I want yeah. to make loads? I mean, who wouldn't? But I don't, I'm like, my, I always say to like my family and Tom, like if I could bring home a £1,200 profit profit every month mm-hmm. for my business, that would do me amazingly yeah. well, right? If I get more, great. If not, that's fine. I don't care. Like I don't, with Tom and I's salaries combined, if we were like that, we'd be laughing and be enjoying mm-hmm. our life a little bit more, you know? And I think people get really scared to talk about that. Um, and I can imagine myself like, like where I am in Starbucks, I love working with the girls in Starbucks. I have so Mm -hmm. much fun. We have such a laugh. I'm very grateful to have that there. And to be honest, it wouldn't surprise me unless, unless I earn £1,200 a month, Mm -hmm. like I'll probably stay there for a very, very long time. And I think I've come to grips with that. I think Mm -hmm. this is why I haven't done a goals video on YouTube this year because I, it puts pressure on me. Yeah. And I just don't need that pressure. Like in my last goals video last year, like I wanted to, I like by now I wanted to be working here full time. I've quit mm-hmm. Starbucks. That has not happened. I've actually, have, I've had to add shifts back yeah. in Starbucks because I'm not making enough. Um, I think obviously if the world was in a better place in the sense of things haven't gone up so much, it might have been in a different, we've been in a different scenario. Yes. But I think, you know, you you it, you just always com- sometimes you just compare yourself to others and other people's yeah. journeys which is easily done and like yes I'm five and a half well no I think I'm five years in and I'm still working part-time but you know that's that's just my journey so yeah and actually if it helped some of the financial yeah you're probably able to be more creative on the journey business because you're not in this kind of about I'm not selling enough for you know you've got that that's exactly why I was doing it because I didn't want to come in the studio 
I didn't want to do these things. I had no creativity because all I was worried about was like making a sale every day mm-hmm. so I could pay for things, for food, for bills. Um, and that's just not not nice. So if I have to work, you know, two shifts or three shifts in Starbucks, the rest, mm-hmm. then so be it. I'm like, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the choices that I'll make in the next two years... Like I've got two more years left in this studio and I Mm -hmm. think that's when I've got to think what to do next because it'll be even more expensive by that time. And I think I'm going to have to talk to Tom about getting an extension next to the house, (laughs) which will cost a bomb, but it'll be, it'll mean that it'll be there forever then. Yes. You know, so yeah, we'll get there. Just, just, I'm trying to just like, you know enjoy each month like and enjoy each process instead of constantly constantly thinking about the future like all the time yeah need to be more like excited about the things to come and things that are more present yeah I think sometimes that was a bit of a danger with focusing on goals in the future things like if you don't stop celebrate the things along the way and actually and think about it. You've done so many shit. I know. And this is what annoys me, is that I have forgotten about them. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I haven't given them a, the acknowledgement that they need. Like, plushies. Like, who would have thought that mm-hmm. I would have desi- drawn a bloody pig? People <laughs> would have fallen in love with her. People were messaging me like, oh, my God, you should put outfits on her and putting outfits on this pig. And then they're like, oh, my God, can this even be doable? Mm. And the fact that it can and, like, it's here. And yeah, and the fact that I sold out of the bullet journals and that I found, I finally found the markets that work for me. Mm-hmm. Like it's you, it's, it is so important to remember those things. And I think like, that's why, like when I leave here today, my last day in the studio for 2023, I'll enjoy just sitting down and just writing the things that have happened in the year and being really mm-hmm. proud of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's really amazing. I just similar actually and it was really lovely to just think about like let's not just always think about all the things that could have gone better let's have one place where i focus on celebrating what went well yeah exactly and so many things did you know you're in a few shops which is incredible Mm -hmm. we've got some really exciting things coming in january like next year like as well yeah we need to enjoy this moment before you know, because you never know, things could totally change next year. Things mm-hmm. could be so much, you know, bigger and better. I I think what it is, I think I think my problem is, is that I expect, I've always think that things are going to go so well. Mm-hmm. I'm always so like, going to smash this out of the park, Beck. Like, you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. So when it doesn't happen, I'm like, mm-hmm. so do I, but I, I can never dream small. I can always dream yeah. big. I, even if I force myself, I, I'll just never dream small. Luckily, Tom's really, really good. When I'm mm-hmm. bad, I can't think of the bright side. So I go to him and he could always think of the bright side. And I have that yeah. person there to tell me. And he, and he makes me feel so much better when he mm-hmm. sits down and talks through it with me. Um, yeah. And I've been trying to obviously do that myself because I can't always rely on him. And it's really important for me to be able to do it. Um, so obviously at the end of every day now when I get into bed before I read my book, I write down all the good things that have happened that day 
um, all the good things that I've done. And mm -hmm. it's, I think that is definitely, I've noticed a difference and that helps a lot. That's a really lovely thing to do at the end of the day. I th it's really weird, isn't it? Because I've never had therapy before. So now I have therapy. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I luckily I was able to get it. I'm able to get a few sessions for free because my dad was a police officer. So mm -hmm. I was able to do that because I did try and look private and I couldn't afford it. Mm. Uh, so I was lucky enough to get that. I think the the therapist that I got is helping me for sure. Mm -hmm. But I think if I paid private, I probably would get a, an experience that I'm kind of looking for more. Mm. But this is, you know, I'm, I'm still with them because they're obviously helping me. And yeah. I think you don't realize when you do these little things, like I'm, I'm deaf, I'm, I'm like, I'm in a better space. And it is because those things are working. But yeah. I think because you've been so negative about it for so long, you just don't, you just don't think that it's yeah. going to work. But the more you do it, the more it works. Yeah. All that stuff over time, doesn't it? Yeah. So what is something that they're looking forward to in the new year? Uh, so obviously a big announcement is going to be happening on Christmas Eve. Now, mm -hmm. I'm not going. I'm not going to be announcing a date, but I believe I'm going to be announcing what it is and where it's going to be. Mm -hmm. My patrons have helped me design this new thing, which is very exciting. Mm -hmm. Um. And then at the end of January is basically when all that's going to come up. So everyone listening, get your freaking countdowns on for the 24th yeah. of December. That's Christmas Eve, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And make sure you listen up and watch and find out what's happening. But that's going to happen. And then on the 22nd of January, I am going to be in the Kenji store in Manchester Meadow Hall. Well, I'm not going to be. My products are going to be. Sheffield Brother Hall. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one. Don't take them for Manchester. Sorry. I've been saying Manchester to everyone. I don't know where my places are ever. Like, I, I don't. Because I remember going to Edinburgh for Christmas once. And, I, and my dad was like, oh, Scotland. I went, no, Dad, Edinburgh. He was like, Beck, that's in Scotland. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, yeah. Like. Yeah, geography's not my strong suit either, don't worry. I am bad. But yeah, so that's that's what's coming up. Obviously, Stationary Fest. If mm -hmm. know, are you gonna be doing it next year? I am. We're both gonna be back stationary fest. Stationary Fest is booked. I'm excited for that. And obviously I've got the new auto heat press. Mm-hmm. So apparel will be tried and tested next year and yeah, that's, I'm just, that is where we're staying. I'm focusing on my Mystery Monday boxes, subscription boxes, mm -hmm. my bullet journals and getting into shops and getting seen more in person. So that's, it's exciting. And that's what I'm going to focus on. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've really thought about what's worked this year and got a fan plan yeah. for next year. So if anyone lives... In Yorkshire or nearby, 22nd plan, head down to the Punky Stone and bring back as products in person. Two weeks. And to be honest, there'll probably be, well, there are, there are going to be products on the shelves that won't be in on the website. So there'll be some mm -hmm. exclusive products there. If there's any left, I'll pop them on the website. If not, 
they'll just probably never be made again or they might be made in the future. I don't know. But yeah, I'll definitely be making exclusive products to go into that shop for sure. Exciting. I know. So if you had one tip for people thinking about their goals for next year, what would it be? I would say start start with like a few. Mm-hmm. Don't think that you have to have, but also if you do have loads, accept that some might just not happen and like Mm -hmm. that's okay. But I think for me, I've just focused on kind of like three in my mind. Yeah. Uh, Because remember, you can always then when, if you have achieved those three goals, you've achieved Mm -hmm. your goals for the year and that's incredible. And then you can like anything after that, it's just a, a bonus. Yeah. Um. So I think it's more about simplicity and mm-hmm. bringing things down slightly and working on the goals that are more more achievable, really. Yeah. You know, I think it's hard to say it, but like like Tom was saying, instead of making a... Because at the moment, like I'm stressing about sales and he's like, but have you got a sales goal? And I'm like, no, I haven't. Mm. And even if that's just like making selling one bullet journal a week a month Mm -hmm. you know that can be a goal of mine like just trying to when you minimalize it and like write it down on on paper it it seems more achievable at the moment I'm just like I want to make sales but what what are they and that that's like that they're the things that you need to focus on more is that you might want to do that but simplify it and make it a little bit smaller and more achievable I think that's that's what I've been trying to do this week, I is look at like what's going to, what are the few things that are going to make the most difference and let's just work on them because I can't be trying to work on 10 goals at one time. No, no, it exactly. just means you don't it's get anywhere with anything. It's too overwhelming. It's too overwhelming. Yeah. 100%. Definitely. Love that tip. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Becca. It was for my lovely, lovely chat. It was love. Um, I will pop your details in the podcast description so that everyone can look out for your conference announcement. Yes. Thank you. And they can follow and see all the how to go down in the name. Yes, please do. Thanks so much, Emma. It's been lush.